Virginia. Where the spirit of 1.8 million West Virginians wills you to victory. Other places have pro teams, but in this state, the Mountaineers are a way of life. When I competed, and more that number, I competed for the state and for the people, not just for the university. Now, let's roll out the carpet and bring on the Mountaineers. That's not a spree. Yes! Alexander. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into episode 10 of the 2022-2023 edition of the CRW Hoops podcast. As we continue to try and cover the ongoing West Virginia men's basketball season that sees the Mountaineers currently sitting at 15-12 and 12 overall, 4-10 and 10 in Big 12 conference play, with four games remaining in the 2022-2023 regular season before we hit the Big 12 tournament and then ultimately see where the Mountaineers will wind up or not wind up when it comes to postseason play, it's certainly a discussion we've been having throughout the end of the season. Now, definitely have to dive into more as West Virginia is unfortunately at the time of this recording now in the midst of a three-game losing streak. I know West Virginia had that Texas road trip that we talked about on Episode 9 of the CRW Hoops podcast. Unfortunately, I had some issues with a storm in my hometown and even worse issues with my internet service provider, if you will. So not only was it a poor performance this week for West Virginia's basketball team, but also for my internet service provider as well, I will say. So that's kind of why I didn't get an episode out ahead of this game versus Texas Tech like I had planned to. However, I won't spend too much time talking about West Virginia's losses to Baylor and Texas, those being the games prior to this game against Texas Tech. We knew West Virginia would have a tough time during that road stand just because West Virginia has not done a great job in conference road games recently, as well as the fact that Baylor and Texas are both top 10 ranked teams nationally. So those were tough opponents for West Virginia. Either way you spun it, West Virginia did not perform well, especially in the first game against Texas, 34-point loss. Definitely what I would call the worst performance of the season to this point. Was hoping to see West Virginia bounce back a little bit with a short turnaround. I guess you could say they did somewhat because it's hard not to bounce back when you suffer such a loss as great as that one with 30-plus points being the margin of defeat there. But on Monday, they did you know put up a better performance against Baylor, but ultimately came up 12 points short there as well. So we knew then with five games remaining, West Virginia would probably have to win at least three of them. We were hoping to count on the home contest being wins there for West Virginia to really help them get those at least three victories they probably need to reach 18 wins and be considered an NCAA tournament team because they need those seven conference wins in the Big 12 conferences. You see, they only have four conference wins right now, unfortunately. So the start of that was this past Saturday with a game against Texas Tech. West Virginia, you know, I've, as I said, they've struggled in conference road games recently in the past couple of years. 
of course, this year that continuing as well. But one of those conference road wins they were able to snag was against Texas Tech, actually, this season. So, you know, West Virginia fans were probably pretty confident coming into a home contest against the Red Raiders, a team you'd already beaten. You were looking for the season sweep of them. And we know that West Virginia has played really well at home, a lot better than they have on the road this season, especially in these home Saturday games. So I think a lot of people were hoping to chalk this up as a win and hope West Virginia get to the NCAA tournament. You know, it could really assist and bolster that case that West Virginia is trying to make here. As I said, needing at least three more wins over those what were final five games, now down to four as that Texas Tech game has concluded. Didn't quite turn out the way that we needed it to as Mountaineer fans. So now we're looking at having to win three out of these final four, most likely to get to an NCAA tournament berth and be able to uh, clinch a spot there in the big dance. But it's going to be a tall task for West Virginia if you don't win three of these final four. You're looking at having to have an excellent performance in the conference championship tournament and potentially even win the conference championship tournament to be able to secure an NCAA bid. So really right now it is gut check time for West Virginia. I personally would have made the argument that this game against Texas Tech and this upcoming game against Oklahoma State were both must wins, but unfortunately you lost the game to Texas Tech, so now you're looking at the most important game of the season coming up against the Oklahoma State Cowboys tomorrow night. Another home contest for the Mountaineers, but it's a very tough Oklahoma State team, and we'll talk more about that here before we get ready to close out this episode. So basically what we're going to do here on episode 10 of the CRW Hoops podcast, we're going to review that game against Texas Tech, look at the numbers a little bit, try and figure out maybe why West Virginia suffered that defeat there in a game that they really needed and we thought they would ultimately show up and be able to secure a win in. And then we will look ahead to that matchup against Oklahoma State, see if West Virginia can secure the much-needed victory there in what, as I said, is definitely the most important game of the West Virginia men's basketball season to this point as these final four games are all very crucial now. West Virginia also going to have to steal one on the road now after slipping up in one of those home games to Texas Tech, which, as I said, we will talk about here briefly. So that's what's on the slate up ahead in this episode. We will look at that game against Texas Tech, review it a little bit, and then preview the game against the Oklahoma State Cowboys as well here before we close out on episode 10 of the CRW Hoops podcast. But before we get into that, there is a little bit of Mountaineer news that came out this past week that I did want to take a second to address here. So going to throw in a Mountaineer news segment here into this episode before we get into our game reviews and game previews. So I'll finally end this long-winded opening here that I've rambled on a bit too much for probably. But let's dive in here on our segments with a little Mountaineer news before our game previews and game reviews here on episode 10 of the 2000. 2022 2023 CRW Hoops Podcast. All right, so Mountaineer news here on this episode of the CRW Hoops Podcast. The main thing here and the only thing really to discuss, of course, this came out a few days ago. In case you haven't seen Mountaineer Nation, definitely in regards to a former Mountaineer, very big news here. A fan favorite while he was here, of course, Joe Mazzulla. If you hadn't known, he had been coaching the Boston Celtics this season following their former coach's dismissal this offseason. He was the interim head coach for the Boston Celtics. But now that interim tag has officially been removed from Joe Mazzulla's name, and he is officially now the head coach of the Boston Celtics. And just the 19th head coach in the Celtics history and just a meteoric rise for, a like I said, a fan favorite when he was at WVU. And it was only a few short years ago that Joe Mazzulla was the head coach of Fairmont State. So in a very short time frame, Joe Mazzulla goes from a head coach at Fairmont State 
to an assistant with the Boston Celtics and now to the team's head coach. He had served as interim head coach, as I said, throughout this season and doing such an excellent job that they have taken away that title. The Celtics, I believe, do have the best record in the NBA here at the All-Star break yet, does say so here. 42-17 and record, and Missoula also one of the NBA All-Star game coaches. So, like I said, a meteoric rise for an awesome fan favorite of West Virginia Joe Missoula, and I think if you could ever tell anyone was going to be a coach during their playing days, it was certainly Joe Missoula. So shout out to him. Awesome job. And like I said, very impressive for such a young person in the coaching profession to have such a quick rise going from coaching college just a few years ago to now being the head coach of one of the most storied franchises in the history of the NBA and doing a great job leading that team right now with the best record in the NBA. So awesome to see a WVU alum leading an NBA program and you know leading it so successfully, like I said, to the best record in the professional ranks right now. That's awesome, and I believe he's the first WVU alum to be a head coach of the NBA in quite some time, I believe, since Jerry West, if I'm not mistaken. So awesome stuff there for Joe Mazzulla. Certainly had to address that here in this edition of Mountaineer News. And, of course, credit to Ethan Bach here for the article, which I'm sharing for you guys that are tuned in on the video side here. From our friends over at WV Sports Now, which if you are tuned into the video version, whether it be on the WV Sports Now YouTube channel or our own YouTube channel here on the Country Roads webcast, do us a favor while you're here, please hit that thumbs up button, drop a like on this video, really helps its performance and in turn that helps future videos performances here on the channel. And if you're a Mountaineer fan and you haven't already, be sure and hit the subscribe button. It helps us and helps you as it helps get more of this West Virginia sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. And if you're listening on the audio side, you can find it on any podcast platform you like, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Just search for us there, Country Roads Webcast. But if you're tuning in on any of those, leave us a rating if you're on Apple and any of the other podcast platforms. Be sure and share us around as we continue to try and grow the Country Roads Webcast community throughout Mountaineer Nation. But you guys that are tuning in on the video side, of course, see me share the article along with you guys that features the tweet from the Boston Celtics Twitter account announcing Joe Mazzola as officially the head coach of the Boston Celtics, their 19th in the history of their franchise there that came with a press release back on February 16th. So just a few short days ago, a West Virginia native now officially an NBA head coach, not just an interim NBA head coach. Awesome stuff for Joe Mazzola. Awesome exposure for the West Virginia program. And wish the Celtics the best of luck the rest of the season, even though I'm personally a Chicago Bulls fan. I guess you got to pull for the Celtics at least a little bit, maybe as a backup uh, thing there. And I wouldn't mind to see them win it all now with uh, Joe Mazzola leading the team. But that'll wrap us up here with this segment of Mountaineer News. Let's dive in here with our review of the game against the Texas Tech Red Raiders from this past Saturday. <laughs> All right, so most recently for the West Virginia Mountaineers, as I said, they took on the Texas Tech Red Raiders back at home in Morgantown at the Coliseum, a game I thought, you know, personally, I think a lot of Mountaineer Nation probably shared the sentiments that they thought this would be a win for West Virginia, a team that was really, you know, hungry for wins and needing them and knowing what they needed to do to close out this season and ultimately get to the big dance and secure that NCAA tournament berth. We thought that this would be a game where they would really show up. Plus, West Virginia performed well in the first game against Texas Tech. They shot the three ball well in that game, one of their better games, shooting the three ball 
throughout the season and really limited Texas Tech as well. I think Texas Tech only hit three threes, whereas West Virginia hit, I believe, double-digit three-pointers in that game, if I'm not mistaken. But, of course, I think there were a couple of things going into this game that I really didn't account for when I was looking ahead to it, and that is, of course, Pop Isaacs playing for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. He makes a great difference for them at the guard position. And then the big man finally being able to play now for Texas Tech, uh, the transfer whose name I struggled to pronounce there, uh, made a difference in this game for Texas Tech, I feel like, as well. But looking at some of the numbers here, team stats-wise, that ultimately led to West Virginia, unfortunately, suffering a loss here in a spot where they desperately needed a win. 78-72 uh, to 72 to Texas Tech was the final, in case you hadn't heard. Giving both these teams now identical records, both 15-12 and 12 overall and 4-12 and 12 and 4-10, and excuse me, in the Big 12 Conference, uh, both West Virginia and Texas Tech now. Um, you know, West Virginia wanting to secure an NCAA tournament berth. They're probably going to need at least seven conference wins, as I said here at the opening of this show. So they had five games remaining, needing three of those. Uh, didn't get one here, and you would have loved to be able to get the ones at home. You kind of were hoping to put those into your uh, win column there. And unfortunately, that didn't happen with this one against Texas Tech. So now that means West Virginia will have to win a road game at what, in my opinion, are probably the two toughest places to play in the conference. That being, of course, Allen Fieldhouse at Kansas. And then, of course, one of the most underrated places to play in the Big 12, I think, over in Ames when you face Iowa State. Their home court is really raucous as well. And those are the two road games West Virginia has remaining. And West Virginia is going to have to win at least one of those if they want a chance to reach that seven-conference win mark that will probably secure them a spot in the NCAA tournament more than likely. But, however, this game against Texas Tech ultimately didn't go West Virginia's way. Let's look at some of these team statistics now and see if we can kind of pinpoint why. I know going in, in my head, kind of why, I think. But let's see if the numbers back that up. Field goal percentage-wise, West Virginia 43% from the field. Texas Tech slightly better at 46.8%. Both teams shooting 62 shots, so both teams getting up the same amount of shots there. Three-point range. Now, this was the difference in the first game to me. West Virginia, as I said, held Texas Tech to, I believe, three-point three three-pointers, excuse me, in the first contest and West Virginia hitting double digits. West Virginia did hit 11 threes in this game compared to Texas Tech six. However, West Virginia shot 28 threes, so only 39% average for West Virginia from behind the three-point stripe, whereas Texas Tech shot 43% from behind the arc there. So Texas Tech did a better job there. And this is one thing I've been concerned about for West Virginia in recent games, especially as successful as they've been from behind the three-point line. I was afraid that West Virginia may fall in love with that three-point shot because I think it can be a weapon for West Virginia. Like I said, we've seen games this season where they've been really efficient with it and they've hit double-digit threes as they did in this game. But however, taking 28 threes, I don't think is West Virginia's necessarily recipe for success. And I think when you look at the free-throw margin here, Texas Tech shooting 19 free-throws compared to West Virginia's nine in the game. Now, West Virginia did do a good job shooting them as they have in recent games, 77% compared to Texas Tech's 73. But West Virginia only getting to the line nine times is not a recipe for success for the Mountaineers. I think I've talked about it before. For West Virginia to have success, they need to outshoot their opponent from the field. Didn't do that in this game. And they need to get to the free throw line more than their opponent. Didn't do that in this game either. So I think to me, that shows that West Virginia was probably settling a little bit too much for the three-point shot in this game versus attacking the basket, which is something they've done to great success throughout this season. Um, and I think when they've been at their best success, they've been attacking the, uh, the basket, whether it be off that flex motion, some of those back screens and uh, cuts to the basket off of that. Uh, 
uh, motion offense that Huggins likes to run, or if it be Kedrian Johnson or Joe Tucson attacking the rim off of a ball screen. And I think in this game, that just seemed to be few and far between for me. It seemed like West Virginia was settling a little bit. Maybe tip your cap to the Texas Tech defense. But however, we'll talk more about this a little bit when we preview the Oklahoma State game coming up for West Virginia. But I think that's going to be an issue again for West Virginia in this upcoming game because Oklahoma State's a top 10 defense nationally and they do a great job of packing things in and wanting you to shoot the three ball and I think they'll be more than fine with West Virginia chucking threes all day so West Virginia is going to have to find a way to get the ball inside I think if they want to have some success against Oklahoma State and probably moving forward in the season now with some teams are maybe seeing this as a recipe for success of how to stop West Virginia is just pack it in don't let them attack and force them to shoot the three ball and you know eventually they're going to go cold as West Virginia has tends to have these cold streaks in games throughout this season and that was the case yet again in this one West Virginia was up eight points with under eight minutes remaining in the game and that lead slipped away in less than four minutes and then it was a battle down the stretch that ultimately West Virginia went cold at the worst moments of the game there in the final couple minutes and couldn't get a basket when they really needed it and the area that as I said earlier when I broke down these team stats that I thought in my head was probably the biggest difference from the outside looking in was rebounds Um, and that certainly shows up here on the stat sheet as well Texas Tech out rebounding the Mountaineers 39 to 28 and especially on the offensive glass the Red Raiders collected 15 offensive rebounds compared to West Virginia's 10 and I think as I said the big man that wasn't there for Texas Tech in the first game that has really come on and I think is a reason that Texas Tech has kind of seen a renaissance with their team over the last few games here and getting really stronger to close out the season if you will I think him returning was a big deal and of course Pop Isaacs as well but I think he really gave them an inside presence on the glass that they were kind of lacking and that really showed in this game he really hurt West Virginia getting some extra chances for Texas Tech that really hurt the Mountaineers and anytime West Virginia gets out rebounded by 11 rebounds it's going to be hard for the Mountaineers to win the game so The team stats kind of tell the tale for West Virginia there. Let's look at some of the individual standouts in this game. Before we move on to preview the game against Oklahoma State and hopefully maybe look at a little bit ahead to maybe seeing a light at the end of the tunnel and get a little bit more positive for West Virginia. As I said, for Texas Tech, the big man there, Amick, Amick, like I said, I'm not too sure on the pronunciation, but makes a big difference for them since his return. 14 points, 12 rebounds. The majority of his damage done at the free throw stripe. He was 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Jalen Tyson stepped up big for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I mentioned Pop Isaacs, of course, and he does his thing distributing basketball and orchestrating the Texas Tech offense and I think having him on the floor was a big difference for how they look offensively and how they function as a team but I think Jalen Tyson really benefited from that as well and he got some good looks off the ball 27 points had a great night versus the Mountaineers unfortunately West Virginia has been struggling with some players having career nights against them essentially um, especially from beyond the three-point line we saw you know a few games ago uh, Cryer for Baylor hit eight threes against the Mountaineers and it seemed like Jalen Tyson was just as hot for Texas Tech in this game against West Virginia 11 of 15 from the field three or four from the three-point line 27 points and five assists I think that he and Imick were the standouts of course as I said Imick 14 points 12 rebounds for West Virginia Eric Stevenson in these Saturday home games has been good for the West Virginia Mountaineers he did have another good game 27 points for West Virginia in this one but I thought and I think Bob Huggins even made some comments as well that late in the game some of the decisions 
were a little bit questionable that Stevenson made on some of the shots that he took. But I think when you're hot, you know, that's just something that's going to happen. And I think Stevenson's a player that's confidence is always ultimately high, as it should be with his performances in some of the recent games for West Virginia, particularly in these Saturday home games, like I said, as this one was. And I think West Virginia was down at three at one point, and he really wanted to take a chance to tie that game up. And unfortunately, it was not a great shot. And that's not the first time that's happened this season. West Virginia down three points. He really wants to hit that clutch and important basket. And, you know, I can I can appreciate that. But, however, you got to know, you know, have a little bit more better feeling about it. But hopefully maybe in the future now he will uh, do better. But you can't really complain too much when the guy really leads your team in scoring 27 points and is a big reason you were there at the end of the game anyway. And then I think alongside of him, Kedrian Johnson, I've mentioned it, Throughout the episodes of the CRW Hoops podcast this season, his emergence offensively has been great for West Virginia and much needed the way that he's really transformed his game from not only being a great defensive player as he has been throughout his career, but he's really someone West Virginia has counted on to score offensively this season, and they counted on him some in this game, and he came through a lot, 8-13 to 13 from the field, 2-2 two two from the three th- free throw line, 2-3 from the three-point line, 20 points, 4 assists, 2 steals. Great performance from Kedrian Johnson. However, beyond that, it was few and far between for West Virginia. As you see, no other Mountaineers in double-figure scoring. If you're watching on the video side and looking at the box score here with me, I think the concern for me most for West Virginia here in these recent games that really is hurting them during this three-game skid, in my opinion, is Trey Mitchell has all but disappeared for the Mountaineers, as well as Jimmy Bell is really struggling in these recent games. And I'm not a coach, you know, I'm just a guy with a microphone here that has a podcast. So my opinion merely doesn't mean anything in the long run. But personally, we know Huggins doesn't really like to do this, but I think maybe a change in the starting lineup is in order. I think maybe move Emmett Matthews to the four and go small, bring in Seth Wilson, let him start. And like I said, move Emmett Matthews, go small. You can still keep Jimmy in or take Jimmy out and start a Conquo with his good performances or Wagee. I thought he gave some good, good minutes in his limited time in this game against Texas Tech. But I think both of those guys are giving really good energy for West Virginia right now. And you're just not getting that from Trey Mitchell and Jimmy Bell. I don't want to say so much energy wise. He's just really struggling overall right, right now. I think some teams have identified him as a liability of sorts on defense for West Virginia. They can pull him away from the basket. They can get him in pick and roll situations where he really struggles. And that's why I think you're seeing his minutes go down and Conquo's minutes go up because Conquo is more athletic and compete in those situations. However, as far as Trey Mitchell is concerned, I don't really know what's going on with him shooting and scoring-wise. But uh, he did grab nine rebounds for West Virginia. was one of the only Mountaineers to do a good job on the glass in this game. So I will shout him out for that. But other than that, like I said, it's really been a struggle for Trey Mitchell in recent weeks. And I don't know if taking him out of the starting lineup is the right thing to do. But if it's you know hurting your team, keeping him in there, you got to make a move as he's playing 33 minutes still. If you're not taking him out of the starting lineup, you might have to take away some of those minutes still yet. Um, I know we've seen some Nick play some lately more than we had earlier in the season. So I know it's not like Huggins isn't trying things, but I think just something seems off with this lineup, particularly with the big men, Jimmy Bell and Trey Mitchell, um, only four points between them in this game. Uh, whereas your backups got seven points in Wagi and Aconquo, and I thought both had good energy at times. Yes, they're young. Yes, they may get pushed around at times because probably their bodies aren't physically ready yet, but they do bring energy and more athleticism, which I think you do need with the way today's game seems to be going. Not to say you can't play Jimmy Bell, play him some, but I think you got to, you know, you got to do what you got to do if you want to get to the NCAA tournament here if you're West Virginia. We'll see what happens. Like I said, Bob Huggins not one to change up his starting lineup, but I think there is a conversation to be had right now with 
Uh, Jimmy Bell and Trey Mitchell struggles in recent games for sure. We'll see what happens there moving forward. Hopefully they bounce back. You know, maybe Hubs keeps the same starting lineup, stays loyal as he's wanted to do, and maybe they have a bounce back game coming up against Oklahoma State. I'd love to see it, but as it stands right now, West Virginia really struggled all around as a team in this game against Texas Tech when it comes to scoring. Luckily, Eric Stevenson and Keita Johnson were able to step up at some key situations, but moving forward for West Virginia, they're going to need more points from Joe Tucson off the bench. You know, five points in this one for him was a struggle, and I think here in recent games, he hasn't really been contributed in the scoring column as we've seen him do some throughout the season. I think West Virginia needs more from Joe Toussaint. As I said, I think they need more from Trey Mitchell. I think they need maybe play Seth Wilson some more minutes. Personally, that's what I would do right now in these final three games. I would try and go small, keep Keedy starting, play Seth Wilson at the two, Eric Stevenson at the three, move Emmett to the four, and then do what you want at the five, whether you want to go Jimmy, Trey, Aconquo, whoever. That's what I would do. But like I said, I'm not a coach. I'm just a guy with the microphone and a camera here that's uh, running a podcast. But that's what the fun part of doing a podcast is, is getting to speculate and talk about those things. So looking ahead, West Virginia's got to do something to make something happen here, though. Running out of time here if they want to have a shot at the big dance. And I don't want to say the nail's in the coffin yet following this loss to Texas Tech because, you know, I'm just a glass half full type of person, as you all know. But definitely someone's holding the nail on the wood of that coffin and got a hammer up and ready to hammer it down. So it's getting close there to the nitty gritty for West Virginia. So got to do something here. Unfortunately, the last game for the Mountaineers, a 78 to 72 loss to Texas Tech, but still chances to turn it around here, though they are few and far between, but it does start here with another game at home. And like I said, you've got to get these wins at home. So Oklahoma State really hitting their stride right now. It's a tough opponent for West Virginia, but let's take a look here at this matchup with the Oklahoma State Cowboys and see if we think West Virginia has a chance to secure a must-win game here in what is ultimately, in my opinion right now, the most important game of the 2022-2023 West Virginia men's basketball season. All right, so next up for West Virginia, it's the Oklahoma State Cowboys coming into Morgantown for a Monday night contest here, February 20th. Going to be a 7 o'clock p.m. tip there, uh, televised on ESPN2 if you want to watch this game. Oklahoma State comes into this one 16-11 and 7-7 and and in the Big 12 Conference, whereas West Virginia, as we talked about, 15-12 and 12 currently and 4-10 and 10 overall. ESPN FBI actually favors the Mountaineers, giving them a 69% chance to win versus a 31% chance to win for Oklahoma State. Looking at some of the recent games for both of these teams here, Oklahoma State, as I said, is a team that's kind of really started to hit their stride here in the latter portion of the season. They've really picked up their play, especially on the defensive side where they rank top 10 in the country in defensive efficiency. And over the last five games for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, they have won three out of those five. Of course, they have lost two in a row themselves, unfortunately, most recently to TCU and before that to Kansas. However, the three wins in those five games do include wins over TCU and wins over and a win over Iowa State at Iowa State, which, as I said earlier, is a tough place to play. Whereas West Virginia, as I mentioned earlier, are currently on a three-game losing skid, so only won two out of their last five. However, the Mountaineers did beat Oklahoma and Iowa State, but West Virginia looking to turn things around. Three straight losses, and West Virginia has to find wins immediately now, as we said, if they want to turn things around and ultimately try and get into the big dance here in postseason play. West Virginia going to have their hands full, though, with this matchup against Oklahoma State. Looking at how these teams match up statistically, 
As I said, Oklahoma State kind of relies more on defense, whereas this West Virginia team has been a bit more offensive-oriented, and that kind of shows here as West Virginia averages 76 points a game compared to the 69.7 that Oklahoma State averages, whereas Oklahoma State only gives up 65 points a game, West Virginia giving up 71. Oklahoma State shoots 44% from the field compared to West Virginia's 45 Oklahoma State also pulls down 36 rebounds a game compared to West Virginia's 34, so that should be a good matchup there. And uh, one of the keys to me is going to be the rebounding here. Hopefully, West Virginia has a bounce-back performance there, as we saw that be a big advantage for Texas Tech and one of the reasons I think West Virginia ultimately lost that game. Assists, both teams about even 13 a game for Oklahoma State, 13.4 for West Virginia. Oklahoma State's blocking five shots a game. West Virginia's blocking three, six steals a game for both teams. Both teams on losing streaks looking to snap them. As I said, Oklahoma State currently on a two-game losing skid. The Mountaineers currently on a three-game losing skid. However, in Oklahoma State's case, they've probably already locked up a spot in the NCAA tournament with seven conference wins. West Virginia only with four wins in the Big 12 Conference. Probably needs at least three more, as I said, to secure their spot in the big dance individual standouts for these teams of course Boone the leading scorer for Oklahoma State 12 points per game over 60 percent from the field and 75 percent from the free throw line Cisse still the leading rebounder for the Cowboys 8.1 rebounds per game and then Avery Anderson 3.4 assists leads the Cowboys in that category that should be a familiar name for Mountaineer fans believe he had a 30 point game against the Mountaineers a couple years ago Eric Stevenson still remains the leading scorer for the Mountaineers with over 14 points a game at 14.3, shooting over 43% from the field and 78% from the free throw line. Jimmy Bell leads the Mountaineers in rebounds at just over five a game. And Keedy Johnson still leads the Mountaineers in assists at 3.3 assists per game. As far as my prediction for this game, if I have to pin it down, here's what I've got to say. West Virginia, if they don't show up for this game and come out hungry and really play with one of their best efforts that we've seen thus far this season, I will be surprised for one. And number two, then I will pretty much say then is nail in the coffin then. Because if you can't get up for this game when you've got to win three out of four remaining and you got this one at home and this is one of your best opportunities because it is at home, of course, you've got to try and come out with a raucous crowd on a Monday night. Great atmosphere there in the Coliseum and really show the West Virginia Mountaineers and show Mountaineer Nation that you are hungry, that you do want to get to the NCAA tournament and this team hasn't given up because I think we can all agree some of the body language in that game against Texas Tech was questionable from some guys. And I think if some guys aren't all in, then they shouldn't play. Play the guys that want it, that it means something to. Let's try and get these wins and get to the big dance. I think I'd be surprised if West Virginia doesn't come out hungry in this game. I think ultimately Oklahoma State's a tough matchup for West Virginia. As I, for the things that I mentioned earlier, I think they're a really good defensive team. And I think West Virginia is going to have to play, you know, one of their better games of the season in order to win this game. However, I ultimately think that I still believe and have faith in this team you know, very first episode of the CRW Hoops podcast this season, I predicted this will be an NCAA tournament team. I have serious doubts about that right now, and I have serious doubts about how this season's going to end because if West Virginia doesn't put forth a little bit more effort than what we saw in that game against Texas Tech, and especially 
in that road stand against those two Texas teams in Baylor and Texas, respectively, then I think you could be looking at a West Virginia team that loses out the rest of the season. And if you do, then that's a completely different conversation we're having to end the season and throughout the offseason and maybe having some tough conversations. But that's a point that I hope we don't get to. Like I said, a try and remain glass half full type of guy. I know Bob Huggins is a Hall of Fame coach. I know there are some good players in this team, and I know we've seen what this team can do when they really show up and play their game. So I'm going to put my faith in that Hall of Fame coach and the fact that these players know that their backs are against the wall and hopefully they come out hungry and ready to play and I think West Virginia comes out and puts on another good performance and keeps their hopes alive and I'm going to say that they beat Oklahoma State by five to seven points I know that seems high but I think you're going to see a West Virginia team that comes out hungry uh, personally or at least that's what I'm hoping for and maybe I'm trying to speak it into existence either way we certainly need it as Mountaineer fans as I said earlier only a few games left on the slate for West Virginia and they're going to need to get some wins here if they want to reach the NCAA tournament, especially with this being a home game, you certainly want to be able to get this one in your back pocket because following this home game against Oklahoma State, guys, West Virginia goes on the road to play Kansas, follows that up with another road game a couple days later against Iowa State. And as I said, in my personal opinion, those are the two toughest places to play in the Big 12, and you're probably going to have to win one of those. That's a tall task, so you got to pretty much have these home games that bookends these four final games. you got this one against Oklahoma State, and then your final game of the season on March 4th against Kansas State. you got to win those home games and hopefully split those road games if you want to get to the big dance, save for really showing out in the conference tournament. So the most important game of the season for West Virginia coming up here on Monday night against Oklahoma State. To this point, it's a must-win. Fingers crossed West Virginia wins it. I think they can do it. What about you guys? If you're tuning in on the video side, be sure and comment down below. Let us know your prediction for this game against Oklahoma State and if you think West Virginia has what it takes to make the NCAA tournament here as we get set and ready to close out the regular season of the 2022-2023 West Virginia men's basketball season. <laughs> All right, so there you have it, Mountaineer Nation. Really appreciate you guys tuning in here to episode 10 of the 2022-2023 edition of the CRW Hoops podcast as we continue to try and cover the West Virginia men's basketball season, getting closer and closer to the conclusion here of the regular season and looking ahead to hopefully some postseason play for the Mountaineers here in 2023. That's what we're hoping for, and that's what we're cheering for here on these final games for the West Virginia Mountaineers beginning with this upcoming contest against Oklahoma state we'll, we'll be back to talk about it following that game against the cowboys so look ahead to the next episode of the crw hoops podcast and any other west virginia content we have coming from us here on the country roads webcast be sure and check us out on youtube if you're tuning in on the audio side and vice versa if you check out our videos on youtube and you like these long form podcast episodes you can find the audio version on any podcast platform you like plenty of west virginia content coming from us here on the country roads webcast as well as our friends over at wv sports now you can find our show as well as great west virginia content on the web there at wvsportsnow.com so be sure and check them out as well if you're a Mountaineer fan you get a double dose of great West Virginia content from us here at the Country Roads webcast as well as them over at WVSN and we're really thankful to be a part of the Sports Now family of networks as well but I guess that will pretty much wrap it up here for me on episode 10 of the CRW Hoops podcast as always I'm Jordan Cruz and until next time let's go if you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...